everyone, welcome to the Beyond the Dance Floor podcast where we look at everything outside of the moves and the competitions and try to dive a little bit deeper. It's about history, mentality and connecting the dots between the dance and the other aspects of our lives. Today on the podcast we talk with spooks from Saskatoon, Canada representing Dangerous Goods Crew and Alpha Kids. Spooks is in my opinion one of the most original and interesting dancers to watch in Canada. In today's episode we get into a bit about his history and how he got into dance the Saskatchewan breaking scene, connecting with the Dangerous Goods crew, traveling and getting outside your bubble, the mental game of breaking and its comparisons with Smash Bros and more. A real pleasure to talk with Spooks about this stuff and even though he's not a quote unquote famous b-boy, I still think there's a lot of insight to take from this and I hope you enjoy the talk. Peace. All right, welcome everybody back to the podcast. Uh, today we've got a great guest, my buddy Braden, aka Spooks. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah. Braden is uh, someone I met in Vancouver, but actually he's originally from Saskatchewan, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, really, really uh, inspiring dancer to me personally, and uh, I, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have him on here and share his his background and perspectives for all of you people. Um, so to start off for anyone who doesn't know who you are, do you mind just giving them a little intro and maybe how you kind of got into hip hop and, and breaking and that stuff? Sure. Um, I also wanted to mention for context, I, I think today you were already interviewing like rocks, right? So I feel a little small time compared to that. that. Like, oh Don't man, how that. am I going to be as interesting as that guy? but uh um, don't compare yourself to people <laughs> right that's yeah yes. right <laughs> yes big mistake as an artist <laughs> um but yeah i'm from saskatchewan saskatoon uh and i got into breaking i was interested i mean yeah i have one of those stories of like well like seriously breaking like you know maybe like 10 years but like i've been into breaking for like 20 years you right, know right uh so it was like elementary school that i became interested wow and then was sort of a filthy casual for <laughs> most of uh high school um and like late high school and like early college i sort of learned like how to practice and it, you know was exposed to other people and like learned like you break every day and you break for like a couple hours and <laughs> like you you practice a move repeatedly to see if it like, you know, right, right. Those things like had to, it took a while to get those concepts. Right. But anyway, uh, yeah, I started breaking more seriously and then, uh, moved to Winnipeg, um, dangerous goods, I think picked up, uh, me and Andy truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was kind of a package deal to be honest, but like, <laughs> as you know, it worked out and they uh they saw some potential and so like i had a couple of good years well no it was it was about a year of training there and mm-hmm. all i did was like work and break pretty mm-hmm. much so that was a productive time and like uh bob and the rest of those guys were 
good coaches, you know, mm-hmm. a coach, like, I think the, I've heard someone say like a good coach is someone who, who will criticize you honestly, but who you trust. Mm-hmm. So they're not nice to you, but like they'll, mm-hmm. versus like a random person coming up to practice, like that moves whack, you know, <laughs> or like change your form. Like you don't yeah. care what they think because you don't trust them. And like, they might yeah. be right, but anyway, so it's a good point. It was productive coaching that I got yeah. there. Uh, and then came back and uh, had some moderate success with like regional competition and mm-hmm. was recognized nationally a little bit. Um, and then I moved to Vancouver in 2015, which uh, I moved a little sooner than I intended to. I think it was actually you guys I messaged early on like, hey, I'm coming and I kind of need a job. <laughs> uh, and all I know how to do is bartend. At this point, I'm just a college student. Right. Um, but I moved. I was, I was actually more thinking of going to the East Coast. I knew I was mm-hmm. going to leave Saskatoon for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, I actually wasn't sure about like how hard I was going to be dancing when I moved. Like it was more just I'm going to move to these places and and we'll see. Um, and then the reason I moved to Vancouver early before I finished university, I finished like my last year of university remotely mm-hmm. from Vancouver was because I had a friend who got cancer and uh, he was in Vancouver and he said, well, like he's, he's likely to survive, but he's got to do some chemo mm-hmm. and he's going to continue working. So I could basically just come live with him right now and just do his laundry and cook and like just help him help out and get through chemo. Yeah which kind of helped me like make the decision of when to move. Like, I don't know how long it would have actually taken because, you know, you want to have enough money saved up and I didn't have any of that, but he's like, okay, well you don't have to pay rent for quite a while. Right. So I kind of just did that. Yeah. But he's fine now. It it worked out fine. That's good. He's, he's very successful now. That would have been a really dark turn if it hadn't worked out <laughs> in this podcast. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's yeah. Uh, I wouldn't tell that story. I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Um, so readily. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So, can you like kind of talk talk? Yeah, talk a bit about um, yeah what it was like starting out in like Saskatoon and what the scene was like, if at all, if there was any at all kind of thing. Like, what was it like learning there? Because for people who don't know, like Saskatchewan is like in the middle of Canada and it's all like prairies, I think. Mm-hmm. I've never actually been there. And then Saskatoon mm-hmm. is like maybe the biggest city or one of the bigger cities, but it's in still- In Saskatchewan, yeah. They're now around 300,000 people. Yeah. Back then it was closer to two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like somewhat urban, I don't know, right. like they had a little bit of a hip hop scene and there were B-boys. Right. There's actually a few really good ones mm-hmm. when I started. Um, but they, we did a lot of like, the internet had just come to be. What, and, what year uh, was this when you were starting out? Um, Roughly. Two, early 2000s. Right. It's about the same time like, as me. 2001 2002 was when i first yeah i think got interested that was like the awkward era of uh you still had like vhs and then it was transitioning to dvds Mm -hmm. and then youtube hadn't really like hit yet and like streaming and stuff so you had 
stuff online that would occasionally pop up, but you had to download it. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Kids these it, days, man, they don't know. <laughs> yeah. So a VHS was actually like, I, I was like casually interested in mm -hmm. my friend and I, and then his mom happened to go to New York and knew that he was kind of interested in it. So she brought back, um, we call it the blue video, but it was a freestyle session, not freestyle, uh, 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 out for fame. Oh, okay. West coast finals, which was, so it was like one of my first, like, this is what a, a tournament looks like. And these are mm -hmm. all these different crews and it I didn't know this, but like out for fame was a huge, you know, yeah, like a huge milestone and it like everybody leveled up hugely in in the united states mostly and so this was like massive monkeys had just leveled up in circle of fire and mm -hmm. rhythm bugs and just so i thought this was like what breaking is basically yeah where in reality it was a lot of actually more like abstract crews like i don't know if you call it like circle of fire and massive monkeys they're not like they're not like the traditional traditional <laughs> like east coast kind of um and like Cujo was there and uh Midas and you know so lots of people who didn't who just kind of did whatever they wanted so that was I'm glad that that was my first like exposure to to like a lot of breaking mm -hmm. um prior to that it was just music <clears throat> videos and uh anyway Saskatoon um yeah, sorry I kind of derailed <laughs> they uh <laughs> yeah so the main crew was skill force uh-huh uh, a bunch of aboriginal guys but they were cool um who who were some of the people yeah. that were in that group that, um that I guess the remember? main one not the uh, they wouldn't like me saying the main one but like the most probably notable one was t-rock mm -hmm. uh terrence who i think he did the most traveling and like probably had the most like national like i think he was i think most people knew who he was at one point mm -hmm. in the country like he was really strong mm -hmm. um and uh jimmy majestic and uh cody and junior hmm. there's some other ones yeah um but yeah they were i think had been similarly inspired by like vhs's that they got their hands on and like early internet um but they were a few years ahead of us like we were just starting but mm -hmm. they did i think they once they learned that we were like really interested like my friends and i kept showing up to things and like practices right. that we knew about then they started to become like pretty helpful mm -hmm. or at least like encouraging mm -hmm. um but not not really like coaching or anything they yeah. were just like yeah come and like i would do some shitty move and then they would they'd be like eh, good job <laughs> <laughs> so like, they like tolerated us right right um and then yeah so a lot of practicing like thankfully i met uh andy truth after a couple of years and he was kind of a natural as most people would know around that era like he just picked it up really fast and he was athletic and he was creative um yeah, that guy's crazy so then uh i think a lot my development then became just like kind of keeping up with him and i did a lot of what he would suggest hmm. um but that's that's always really good to have someone else to sort of like help motivate you, help push you, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Like that's yeah. kind of one thing that I that I'm kind of curious about is like learning, say, in a smaller community, um, is like you know these ways of 
keeping yourself motivated or or yeah wanting to push things and like that's one mm. really good way is having someone else there to yeah absolutely who's also motivated and, yeah and, yeah. yeah and driven um we did start to level up i think when we started traveling he he went to one thing prior to prior to me and then and that because he was talking to jbugs on like some forum right and then uh, after that he was like brayden like we're we have to start traveling this is a thing you can do you can just go to <laughs> calgary or you can go to winnipeg yeah um so then we started doing that more frequently and that that helped with motivation um but i think i guess one benefit of being in one of those smaller places is you don't really have a a thing to fit into like mm -hmm. not to denigrate the bigger cities but like i think there is a toronto style that that is somewhat nebulous but can be sort of you the know when you see it certain way yeah yeah you know when you see it yeah <laughs> so there's some benefit to not feeling any pressure to do that yeah um but then i think i did like for a long time i was just kind of the wacky guy that did random you know whatever he wanted and didn't really like have a cohesive <laughs> plan what was your what was your kind of I guess like style what did it sort of look like in the early days um i did a lot of biting i think it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, very honest of you <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but i guess uh, most people do that when they're when they're really starting out yeah like, i can think of a few days. things that i like this is in like year one year two kind of thing but like <clears> i <throat> i was doing some of the full work that i saw free do Oh, in that okay. video and like Jeromeski, yeah um and i was trying to do the things that um like juice boogie would do but I, mm -hmm. like you know he's pretty athletic yeah um so a lot of those i would just saw moves like i just i was picking a lot of moves from that video basically and then we got a hold of the the brown video which was the east coast finals <laughs> <laughs> and uh so then yeah you just you pick a lot from that so mostly watching like the high level state speed boys, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think that's a lot uh, how a lot of people in Canada, mm -hmm. at least like maybe in our sort of um, era when mm -hmm. like those early 2000s, I think a lot of us got exposed to breaking in that way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was uh, the, I, guess... I was the same too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah. I definitely I was like out of shape like I started behind a little bit um I was kind of a fat kid and then like even into early high school uh, it was pretty heavy mm -hmm. um and like not flexible and you know so I think I I like had to just figure out like okay I'm not going to do anything like mind-blowing athletically so I got to just do some interesting stuff weird alien stuff right yeah yeah like I remember Midas, he did like a, he was almost popping. He just like put one leg up and he kind of like locks his arms and he just like turns. Yeah. And then yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, goes yeah. back to break. So like, I was like, oh, I could do that. Like, and that's, <laughs> that's cool. And people, when he yeah. did it, liked it. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's really interesting hearing about how, like, who were the people that, that uh, inspired you, like not you specifically, but people in general. And you hear about who they inspired and that kind of like helped shape their their view of breaking in a lot of ways 
and like yeah mm-hmm. having that because you said you mentioned there's a lot of like that west coast influence on you but then seeing a bit of that east coast too and i was like very similar too i got exposed to a lot of this west coast stuff like mm-hmm. i didn't see out for fame until later but i saw mm-hmm. like freestyle session i think it was seven it was like one mm-hmm. of the first things i saw or like and uh just seeing that and they have that you know like you know that it's less traditional it's a little more abstract it's not abstract but it's a little mm-hmm. more like outside the box kind of thing and then later on you get ex- i got exposed to like mm-hmm. people like boogie brats and and really starting to see like rock steady and yeah. these kind of things and it's like you know those early influences really really um they they're formative in, in like how you mm-hmm. how you think about breaking in a lot of ways it's weird because i don't know what i like i always struggle with what i would tell like a beginner because <laughs> yeah it, I, I think it kind of worked out for me like i feel like i have something now that's worthwhile um but i did have to like go back and and like learn how to do a three-step yeah at like year 10 you know when <laughs> i just realized like i don't know how to do this basic stuff and it like I think it reflects badly if you can't do it. Yeah. Um, and then I, I know, like, I looking back, I could see why, like, a lot of people were kind of unsure about me because of that. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't really respecting, like, the the levels of the game and, like, the, the foundation. Like, I didn't know foundation was a thing for many years. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's super important now. And I think I looked better as a B-boy after learning it. Yeah. But, you know, like to play devil's advocate sort of thing. It's one of those things where it's like, there's no real like wrong way to do things as long as you look at it as a as a process and a journey. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you had learned all that stuff early on and you never got exposed to any of that more abstract, outside the box kind of things, like... You might just look like a generic, uh, like New York imitation b-boy, mm-hmm. you know that kind of thing. So it's all it, like I always think that's one of the most in- interesting things is, um, like the people's experiences and like varied experiences. Like you, so for example, you coming from a smaller community and you building a lot of stuff just based on like a couple VHSs that you saw versus someone now who has like all the information in the world but there's like drawbacks to that as well right and like it's the yeah. same it's very similar with uh another guy in our crew from victoria mm-hmm. it's like victoria was a very small scene he mentioned something very similar of like i think also uh, winnipeg yeah. people from winnipeg will say the same thing mm-hmm. they had like random videos and like rent like a couple times someone randomly showed up in Winnipeg and like battled everybody and they'd have footage of that. Yeah. Um, I forget who it was, but some guy who was like more of a popper, I think came from Toronto and just battled everybody. And I guess everyone just watched that video a lot. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't want to say copied it, but you know, yeah, it was an influence. Yeah. Um, can you, can you talk? Yeah. A little bit. You, you mentioned a little bit, but just talk a bit about, yeah your the importance to you of like yeah traveling and getting outside of your community your smaller community and seeing the mm-hmm. seeing the other things yeah it's yeah really important um 
especially if you want to compete at all uh it's a huge disadvantage not to be able to battle very frequently mm -hmm. strangers like you can battle your crew at practice but it's not the same yeah um and i remember yeah it's you like i remember telling some people from toronto in a conversation like i battle like four or five times a year you know like i, I don't like it's you know it's expensive and it takes time yeah. and they were like wow like i battle every week at least once <laughs> yeah. it's just i'd go to the uh the pool hall or whatever it was and they just, yeah it's very normal so you're at a disadvantage uh when it comes to like testing yourself and, and like working on your mental game mm -hmm. um but you also you'll like have new stuff like if you're happy with what you've been working on you kind of get to show up every few months or where however you mm -hmm. however long you're able to travel for however frequently and and like here's my new set of stuff and like see how it does yeah and then you can come back and it's gonna <clears throat> it'll strike them because they haven't seen you in a long time and, and mm -hmm. so people are like people become interested in your journey that was my experience a little bit yeah yeah. but uh traveling sorry Go ahead. you got to do it yeah um and in the prairies it's hard like i feel i think winnipeg actually has the worst um because it's really far to like toronto from there and it's also really far to like saskatoon is the next closest and that's like there's a couple battles in saskatoon right um i never really thought about fly. that yeah i mean you can fly back then it didn't make sense to fly because we were poor so it was like we had more time than money back then <laughs> yeah. so it was made saskatoon, sense to road trips was saskatoon like relatively close to say like calgary uh it was like six or seven hours to calgary driving and to winnipeg how long how far was winnipeg that? was closer to eight or nine so it was yeah yeah, yeah that... um it was painful andy and i took the bus a couple times to winnipeg you do it overnight mm -hmm. and that was kind of rough mm -hmm. but uh they're they're very cool to us like the you travel there and you tell them you're coming and they're very encouraging and here's mm -hmm. a place to stay and yeah take you out so yeah that's one thing i wonder if, if that sort of like mentality still exists because we had we had the same like hospitality we're going somewhere and it's like oh we're so broke we don't have we don't want to pay for a hotel it's like hey who do you know can we like can we stay at crash at someone's place something like that i wonder if that's still a thing with the current generation i'll have to talk with some of these mm -hmm. younger kids yeah i mean now we don't even like we want the hotel room now because like, <laughs> yeah. <get> sleep <laughs> yeah yeah you appreciate it more when as you get older personal space uh, i would i would think so like i don't know why why people wouldn't yeah although i mean i i think maybe i have a general sense of like yeah there's less like regional cohesion and everything's just the world of breaking now yeah um but the prairies i don't know i've, I've seen some stuff lately that makes me think that like yeah the prairies all kind of know each other like the younger yeah. gen and they they hang out but yeah i think uh that's one thing that maybe a lot of people who aren't from canada don't really know or appreciate like canada is so spread out and like 
these moments when people actually do connect from these different scenes and stuff are are at least when i was dancing they were like uh really special because they didn't happen very often especially mm -hmm. those like far like west coast east coast sort of things mm -hmm. like i'm sure i when i talked with bob he mentioned this a bit of like winnipeg and the prairies being in the middle you kind of get a, like a bit of both worlds sort of mm -hmm. or you have the possibilities easier to to go to either one whereas like for vancouver it's way easier to just be like oh we'll go to seattle Mm -hmm. Or like, if there's a big event, maybe we'll go to Cal to Calgary. But going out to Toronto was like, ah, oh, that's like, yeah, costs costs quite a bit of money, and like, yeah, 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 yeah it's not reasonable. Yeah, especially but, right now. <laughs> yeah, especially now. But yeah, like you know, some other scenes, like the European scene, is like super connected. Even though maybe it still takes time, but it's like there's and this population is way bigger. Mm -hmm. Canada's like a big country with a low population yeah, yeah that is i mean that's my general sense in all things competitive is that you tend to see like the big cities have more like top performers mm -hmm. uh just statistically and i, I don't and, and it's not just because it's a bigger city like it's because you have top performers that tend to gravitate to the big cities and then they want top performers want to be around each other. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so they, they, you practice with the best and you compete against the best and it just makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it's not, yeah, it's not impossible to be good at something from wherever you are. For sure. For sure. But yeah, it um, comes back to that, that idea of traveling too, right? Getting outside of your, your little, uh, I don't know what you put in like bubble, right? Mm -hmm. I can't emphasize enough though, like how important it is to become desensitized. Like it was really hard for me to get over the mental game and like just be calm and try to perform like I would perform at practice. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Every, cause you travel and you spend a bunch of money and you drive a bunch of hours and you like spend all night on somebody's basement floor thinking about the battle tomorrow and what you're gonna do. Um, and so every time you do it, it feels like the, the Eminem song, like you only get one shot. And, <laughs> Can you uh, sing a little bit more of that? No. Nah. <laughs> so there's just, it's hard not to put the pressure on yourself. Cause you're like, I'm yeah, not going to get sure. to do this again for like six months, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I can, and like, there have been times like Calgary used to have one touch. Like, Oh you, yeah. You, so you do one round mm -hmm. and then you lose probably and then you and then you go home and then you just think about how that one round went for like months and months yeah um so any way that you can get exposure to that situation more frequently yeah so that like any one round doesn't feel so monumental mm -hmm. is uh would be helpful but some people don't have that problem i don't know yeah those are those are those are definitely things that I think more more people struggle with it than don't. <laughs> yeah, the mental yeah. game is is really tough. I don't know. Like, I've there's plenty of people. Uh, you and I both know some of them who are like, "Man, I'm not. I know I'm not going to get punched in the face, so it's all good. Like, whatever happens, I know I'm not going to be physically fighting someone, so we're good." 
like they're that's the, where their like mental game is at so not to say that you should have a life where like you that's your bar of like something being cool is that you're not gonna get hurt physically but uh you know there's some people mostly in the east coast <laughs> <laughs> that uh are in that space yeah yeah uh i'm sure yeah i'm sure a lot of people i yeah i had very similar things of like you we, when you it's like overthinking things and you put a lot of like pressure on yourself and it, it does take a lot of work to just kind of like either realize that hey it doesn't really matter that much or mm -hmm. it's like this weird balance because like it does mean a lot mm -hmm. you spend a lot of money and you want to make the most out of it but mm -hmm. if you have if you if you focus too much on that it's like throws you off the game right yeah and then you, you like uh what is his name drawing a blank tango i talk to him all the time he's like out in japan here but you know talking with him <clears throat> and he's like back of tricks but even for him like when they did they went to like rocksteady uh anniversary and he was like he was out ciphering something and and he just felt like really i don't know nervous or whatever and it was like gizmo had to like pull him aside he's like what are you doing like just why are you putting so much like pressure on yourself or you just like mm -hmm. you're not doing what you would do normally do back at home like just do that don't worry about this stuff like i don't know exactly what he said but that's how this the gist of the story right yeah yeah that topic i definitely extends beyond breaking like yeah uh, the inner game of tennis i read that it's pretty good yeah and then uh i started i did start meditating mm, yeah. um which yeah it's it's kind of helpful yeah it just helps with like external thoughts and just focusing on like what you're doing what was this inner game of tennis uh that's a yeah i learned about that from uh i pay attention to the super smash brothers competitive world <laughs> okay. and uh they talk about it yeah which it's yeah there's the idea of like the coaching brain and then the performing brain uh -huh. and like while you're performing the coach has to shut up basically like you huh. so you can't if you make like a slight error you can't be like oh i made an error like you, right. you just have to keep performing hmm. um it's more complicated than that but uh that's the idea, I guess, yeah. is just like focusing, like looking ahead and just doing the thing and not like, right, not judging yourself while you're doing it, but just doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, that's really that's a super interesting way to like think about it, because I, like, I don't know, maybe this is like the cool thing about humans is we can we can take an idea and think of it in all these different ways that explain it in a different way. And the mm -hmm. way I always thought of that same idea is like sort of a i guess it's like a buddhist sort of mentality and i guess maybe that's why me like meditation would help mm -hmm. too is like learning to just focus on like what's happening right now not what you could be doing or what you did but what's happening like right now yeah but yeah that's super interesting i never that thought of a, that yeah that's like one of the best i, I would say if you spend a long career in breaking out that's got to be one of the best like lessons a person learns is like dealing with pressure and expectations and yeah. and disappointment yeah uh and like <clears throat> learning yeah not worrying about the future and not fretting about the past mm -hmm. um but that's yeah those are like life lessons <laughs> yeah some people 
sure. I mean, we all struggle with it because that's what that's what our brain is designed to do is to like reflect on mistakes we've made so that we don't make them again mm-hmm. and like worry about all the possible scenarios that could unfold in front of us. Like it's natural to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just mentioned that you follow the uh, competitive smash scene, like tournament scene and stuff like that. I do a little bit. I got a question about that. Maybe you can give some insight. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. what is with Smash players and like spiking their controllers all the time? <laughs> uh, man, I I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> Gamer is rage it... is unique. But like, is it like Smash is just really rage inducing? And then uh, because you have like a tiny controller or something like that. They are pretty tough, so you can like be pretty rough with them. Right. But uh, no, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I'm reluctant to denigrate like that community too hard, but I, I think it does yeah. disproportionately like compared to like Street Fighter or something mm-hmm. attract like more awkward people. <laughs> and, like uh, there's other, other terms I might use that are, would be more offensive, but like, like there are a lot of people join that just because like they love Zelda and like they like yeah, Link yeah, and like I yeah. can go be Link and fight people in a tournament. Yeah, it's true. And it's not because they like fighting games or like competitive stuff per se. Right, right. Um, part of it, but uh, man, I get gamer rage. Like more, it's more upsetting than anything in the real world. To you, just I can't explain it. People talk about salt. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah there's like it feels like your blood is full of salt like it <laughs> it's it's like it, you can feel it coming out of you yeah yeah but, but like there's no one yeah. to be angry at you're just mad at the world like so it's <laughs> yeah it usually comes out on the controller yeah i don't know to give to give some context i was literally like watching one video of it earlier today but like you know people make compilations of all kinds of things and uh i've seen some like it was like a general one. It was like saltiest moments in the FGC fighting game community. And then today I saw one. It was like saltiest moments, Smash community 20, whatever. But in both of them, whenever Smash came up, it was always like, yeah, someone lost, but they'd get pissed and then they'd spike their controller. And it was like, I guess it's it's smaller. It's, uh, mm. it's less expensive than like a stick, which costs yeah. like 200 bucks or whatever. Although I've seen people spike those. Yeah. 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 But uh, anyway, that was a random tangent. I hope that whatever. Mm. No, I mean, Smash is, yeah. Unlike, I, I think it was Smash a lot compared to Breaking because it, yeah. it's so different. And it's like, like you can have silly names. Like in Breaking, you kind of have to be cool, at least a little bit. Sometimes. But Smash, like people name themselves ridiculous things and it just doesn't matter because you just be good at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. My favorite thing about it is that it's not subjective. Like, you, and and that goes for like competitive gaming in general. Yeah. yeah. Is that you just you just win or not? Yeah. And you don't have to have all this controversy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's refreshing after like breaking and judging and stuff. Yeah, that's like one of the issues. I think we'll just never escape. I don't think you can escape that kind of thing with breaking. Like you can try as much as you can, and I think people should uh, to to come up with some kind of judging system that's as objective as possible. Maybe but, an AI. 
That's <laughs> good to you. Yeah, one day well, you can train an AI. Yeah, well, they're getting better with that kind of thing. Creative, or I don't know if you'd call it quote unquote mm -hmm. creative AI. Have you seen that doll, dolly, what mini or whatever it's called? It's like this uh, AI art thing. You type in something, and I guess it like pulls images from Google, Google images, and then like mm -hmm. I don't know, artifies them in some way. But anyway, yeah. No, um, you're right. That like it, it's going to be constantly debated about, and yeah, probably never. I mean, I'm. I don't know how controversial it is because I don't pay attention to breaking, but I, I think I'm <laughs> against it being an Olympic sport, which I'm, maybe I'm in the minority. I actually don't know. Um, I, I think it's very mixed. Partially for that reason. Um, yeah. But then I, it is, there is the good argument though, that like they have ice dancing and like that, you know, yeah. So it's already subjective stuff in skateboarding too, the, right? Yeah. Yeah that are considered sports. So like there, there's an argument for that, but like mm -hmm. we're way on that end of the spectrum of like very subjective. Yeah. Subjective. Well, we can't even agree on what, what breaking is sometimes. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of want to come back to the, the whole like fighting game parallel. Cause I think that's a super interesting thing. Like if anyone's interested in it, I totally, recommend that people like start picking up fighting games in general because i think they're just super interesting like if you break as well like there's a lot of because breaking has that competition side and um you know there's a lot of things of like learning learning how to create a combo and stuff like like i've i've drawn all these like random parallels yeah. of like yeah. you build a combo in breaking well how do you remember this stuff or whatever it's like it's sort of the same thing you like chunk movements together to build these little things and then you piece those together and it's the same thing with like if you're playing i don't know like dragon ball fighters or whatever it's like you have your ground part of the combo and then you launch them and then you have this part of the combo and then you do another thing and then you have this part and then mm -hmm. you knock them down and you call it an assist and then there's that other part so it's like you remember these chunks yeah and then i you, agree you practice it enough and then all those things become like in this situation, I started with this thing. Now it leads into all this stuff. And like, mm -hmm. for me with breaking, that's literally how I would do my sets. Or like my combos is like, okay, I have, uh, this is the starter. It's a CC in this certain way or whatever. And then that leads into all this other movement. And like, you know, I just on YouTube and some of the comments that i see sometimes is like you know how do you remember these things and that's like a really great way mm -hmm. is is learning to like chunk information chunk movements yeah and, but you got to practice it right yeah i i think it's the exact same part of the brain probably that's doing yeah. that yeah um and it's really satisfying to <laughs> mm -hmm. once you can do those things uh and yeah chunking i did my friend and i did a Coursera course called learning how to learn they talked all about that yeah um and yeah you like like you know in a fighting game for example if you you're like i'm gonna do sure you can initially you have to be like okay forward down down forward punch but then like once you're say you, you practice a bunch now you're in a tournament like you're just uppercut like you just do it yeah and it's, yeah um 
and it's just it's one thing instead of like five things yeah and that's the chunk mm-hmm. and yeah and breaking it's the same thing like the, the moves that you're good at you don't have to be like okay i need my hand like kind of this angle so that when i turn i can i don't over twist my arm and it's like you just do the move and then yeah yeah it's satisfying to to get there and and even like you know like for me now just thinking about breaking and thinking about parallels and stuff it's super interesting to me of like just situations and like like just that kind of thing like let's say the, with breaking you might be like you know when you're starting up or when you're earlier in your breaking like career or whatever you might be like okay i'm going to do this and then this and then this and you really really plan things out and there's that's fine but <clears throat> i think as you as you get more experienced like a really useful method because breaking is so fluid and like the music is different and if you really want to connect deeply with the music you have to kind of be adaptable right and so a lot of times it can be like okay i did this movement but maybe i tweaked it a little bit and now i'm in this position and what can i do from this position and like if you've practiced enough and you have enough vocabulary and that kind of thing um things will just start to come out or you'll you'll know you'll recognize certain situations or or you'll put yourself into certain specific situations where you're like i have all these options and it's the same thing with like with fighting games like oh i i anti-aired this person what can i do after that okay what's the situation there let's say it's like i don't know old school street fighters like you anti-air them and they're popping up do i do uh do I try and like hit them low as they're landing or do I do I fake like I'm going to walk up and, and hit them, but they're going to dragon punch. So I block and like, mm-hmm. you know, Man, that's but the, all, yeah, it's all happening like in, in split second because you've trained these situations. Right. I agree. And that that's what the inner game of tennis is about is uh, yeah. like you can only <laughs> be in that place. Like you can you can only see the matrix and like all the little the yeah. tree branches and stuff like if you're not at the same time like criticizing the performance and like thinking about like what if i lose who's like what about Mm. is my mom watching you know (laughs) that stuff just like crushes all those those tree branches and yeah and the pathways the the other thing i was going to say is that i like um about fighting games and competitive gaming in general is like it it depends what the other person does a lot more yeah Yeah. like i've heard like breaking battles described as basically a race like you're just it's just you and that person like r- parallel doing things right. at each other but like not, not it's really like this way that way this way mm-hmm. that kind of thing yeah um i mean the best battles obviously there is more interaction and there's mm-hmm. like responses and like mm-hmm. maybe some like some disses although i don't know if you're still allowed to do a lot of that stuff <laughs> well like <laughs> free is a really good example of that free from circle of fire uh like i I remember just with like massive monkey day footwork battles i i would end up having to battle him all the time and he'd always beat me and he, he you know at the time when i was younger i'd be like oh you know maybe i was close and like oh he's just doing this or whatever but when i look back now i i see that he was taking everything not only did he have like good movement and f- like uh he was better in the moment i was still very like i gotta do this than this and this but he was also better at like looking at what I did and either using certain movements that he does that are similar or mm-hmm. doing taking what I did and like 
kind of throwing it back at me in a sense. And so yeah. it's like what you said, he's actually doing a real battle or a real mm -hmm. like, yeah, there's a conversation going there with him. Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, hard. It's awesome when that happens. And if yeah. you can catch it. Yeah. Um, I think most of the breaking competitively that happens right now, like yeah. people just have a plan. Yeah. And like they're going to do it and like it's going to last five minutes because their round is so long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But they just, you can't, it's limited, I guess. Like I've, I've had situations where I'm like, oh yeah, that is similar to something I do. I'll go ahead and do this mm -hmm. in response. But um, generally, I think at the high level, like people just have to have some kind of plan yeah. already, yeah. like have your mind made up a little bit. Yeah. But well, it, it also depends on the, the context, right? If this is like a big competition or if it's just like a like a cypher battle mm -hmm. and you just called this person or there's like legitimate beef and you don't like this person that mm -hmm. might but even then it might well still... now like because breaking is so complex and everyone's so good and like specialized like the likelihood that you're going to have something similar to whatever that person just did even if you're both like international class like other than like oh he did an air flare maybe i'll do an air flare or whatever but like your stuff may be so different than like it, it just doesn't even make sense to try to do anything related yeah. to it yeah um the last thing i'll say about fighting games is uh that's gamer rage and that's why it's worse than b-boy rage i think except for like if you if you get ripped off by a judge or something but <laughs> it's because that person outsmarted you like they yeah. they baited your throw and then they step back. So your guy is just like, oh, and he just missed his throw. And then they smash you and you just feel like a fool. Yeah. And they yeah. got you like they they baited your thing out and you did it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's like there's nothing in breaking that's like that. Like you're if you're mad, it's mostly because like you probably made a mistake and he didn't really force the mistake. I mean, maybe your opponent like got in your head or something and mm -hmm. did like a forced error, but it's not the same. Yeah, yeah. I see, yeah, I totally see what you mean. Fighting uh, fighting games are are very like read oriented, mm. and but another thing, one thing, another thing that I'll say, and it's again these things are not just fighting games, but like as far as like reads and and learning to read those situations and stuff like that, or just recognizing situations and knowing the right way, it's like I think a lot of beginners will even be like well how do you know when to do this and like i don't know what to do it's like well you, sometimes it's just putting in the time and putting in the reps and like just going and doing it a lot and mm -hmm. you don't even necessarily have to be like okay well i want to work on this and like oh i did, did this in the battle so i should do it like you don't even need all the time like this analytical brain or whatever i think most people don't do that but if you just do something enough and you're always looking at ways to improve mm -hmm. just generally like that stuff that stuff is going to naturally that's a side effect of like recognizing certain situations mm -hmm. and like you kind of mentioned this too and it's come up a lot in all these conversations is the idea of like having a good coach or a good mentor and someone to guide you through these things mm -hmm. to point out these little things that you might not notice yeah, yeah we we kind of went off on this like long tangent about fighting games but i think it's important for people to think about like 
parallels mm. and stuff. But I, I want to talk just a little bit more about, um, yeah, just your time with dangerous goods and, uh, and maybe, yeah, like, well, okay. That's those are two separate things. So yeah, we'll start with just dangerous goods and get a little more info on that and your, your experiences with them. Sure. Uh, what to say about dangerous goods? Uh, we got along, I think pretty quickly first time we met in Regina, Saskatchewan, um, where we hung out like after a battle. First we battled, we met them first competing against them mm -hmm. um, and they won, <laughs> but uh, they were cool. And uh, we went to the hotel room, they invited us and like they were, there was like eight of them in like a two bed thing, like laying under the table. And they had Naruto on the laptop just going. <laughs> um, nice. But they were also drinking, you know. <clears throat> um, so we got along, and uh, yeah, I think ultimately, like I found out later, like, yeah, they there was some discussion over like whether I would be included, and it was I think it was like Andy. It was obvious that he was going to be really good, <clears throat> and uh, he was a natural, and that he would represent them well. And I was kind of like a wild card, hmm. but uh, I think I've I've done enough that like at least I. I I can hang like right. with the rest of them by now, <clears throat> but uh, I'm I'm glad I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, but then yeah, the coaching was good when I was there. And uh, was it just Bob who was kind of like guiding, helping to guide you? No, uh, I lived with him. So and he taught at the studio, and so like. There was stuff at the studio most days, so I would just go with him. Right. So we were just naturally there at the same time. Yeah. Um, but he also, yeah, I mean, in that crew, he's the, I think, de the de facto leader and coach most of the time. Right. Uh, but no, I spent time with the other ones as well, and everyone has advice to give. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, there's, it's a big crew, actually. There's like, 14 people actually right i think on the roster how not... how many of them are of filipino origin <laughs> uh i think 11. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i just know that like mm -hmm. winnipeg has like a very large filipino community and mm -hmm. uh, yeah anyway that's like a random tangent mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I can't seem to get away from them. Uh, like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I started with Andy and now I live with one. So, yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, this is why I'm in Yale town now. Oh, <laughs> uh. but uh, anyway, they, uh, they, we, we battled a lot. I, I regret not actually being able to participate more as like a big group. Mm -hmm. Like there's only two or three times that it was ever like more than three people. Right. But uh, no, it made me feel pretty cool. I was like, that felt like a, if that was like the biggest achievement I had in breaking, like I think I, that would have been pretty good because I, I looked up to them and I thought they were very cool. Yeah, well, when they, we first saw them. They've definitely like put a, I don't know what you'd call it. They've left their mark on the, Canadian breaking scene, I would see, I would say, and uh, I hope 
I don't know what's going on too much nowadays with them, but I hope that there, there's some sense of the <clears throat> their legacy kind of living on a bit. I know it yeah. doesn't in all kinds of different ways, not necessarily through dangerous goods directly, mm. but like, you know, Bob's doing all kinds of work in, in Toronto and stuff like that. And, yeah. Yeah. Hard to say. I, there were definitely internal discussions of like, who's next? Hmm. Um, and they brought in Doodles that like, I think he was the most recent addition after us and he's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, that was pretty natural. Like dark was his coach mostly. Right. And we hung out a lot and it was, it just made sense. But since then, and then it like people moved away. So there's some on the East coast and some on the West coast and mm-hmm. some in Winnipeg. Um, and no one could really agree on where to go from there. Mm-hmm. And like, also with me and Andy it was like we would visit them a lot and we spent a lot of time together and so they like knew us as people yeah so the discussion after that was more like there wasn't any real obvious choices um and no one like really aiming for it and every all the names that came up were mostly like we just want someone good so we can continue to win battles (laughs) is what I felt like right um so some of the names that came out I was like we don't hang out with like that guy's already in a crew and is a superstar. And like, why do you, why is, why are we just like throwing yeah. names out that don't make any sense? Um, so anyway, I think it, it emerged that like, maybe that's it then. And that'll just be that generation. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. I think, I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with is like letting something go that, you know, well, it, it had its time and it served its purpose and, but maybe it's, is something new should should come up mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah like uh crew legacy if it's natural i always think if it's natural mm-hmm. that's great but if you're like forcing something you know that that legacy can not necessarily get tarnished but it's kind of can change into something else and now it's just like well this is not what it originally was and now it just has the name it's like mm-hmm. It's like Star Wars, right? Star Wars used to be this crazy <laughs> thing. A, and That's a great example. It's evolved <laughs> into this thing. It's like it's Star Wars in name only. Like it still has lightsabers. There's still Jedi and whatever. Yeah. But it's not really for people who follow, who knew it back then. Mm-hmm. It's something different. That's and cool. like at the same time, you know, you can have kids that maybe they see the new Star Wars and they're like, oh, this is great. And if they love it, like who am I to say like your opinion is stupid? Mm-hmm right yeah so um but i i mean if i hadn't joined them we still did alpha kids in saskatoon which was like i guess after lost toys and there was some other crews like after a couple years a few people dropped off here and there from like Mm -hmm. lost toys and uh i think they were called funky foreigners and these other like so then we all i think it was just out of necessity that there was a show that needed like it was going to be a long performance and they wanted like routines and they wanted a big group. So we naturally, those of us who were still active came together and, and we became alpha kids. Hmm. <clears throat> so I'm still like proud of alpha kids. And, and that is like the other crew that I represent. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, that was, that was something that I felt like I created as opposed to dangerous goods was like kind of an achievement at one point. Right. 
And then I think um, it paid off for them. Like, I think, sorry, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that like, I was able to at like shortly after joining and spending some time in Winnipeg there, like put in some performances that I think made a difference in like the outcome at competition a couple of times. So I felt like right, right. I could like relax that I'm not an imposter here right, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. That's, that's always good to get that. So I don't know, what do you call it? Like validation that, or validation of your self-worth. <laughs> yeah. Know what that is. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, I guess kind of the last thing for now that I want to just talk about is it's kind of like a weird thing to talk about because it's, it's hard to describe sometimes or whatever, but I'm just always sort of interested in, in how people think about, not just think about breaking, but like how they think about creating and, and how, not, not even like well, what's original and what's not that kind of thing, but like, yeah, how you, how you go about creating or where you, where you draw your influences from. Like Mark is my buddy, Mark, you, which you, you know, but for people who don't know, he's like, uh, my, I don't know, breaking partner or whatever you want to call it. But he was, he's always was one of these guys that drew inspirations from all these crazy places. And then they've worked their way into his breaking. And it's always, mm. it's so super interesting. Or like, as an example, another example is like, uh, I talked with Rudy Rex recently. A big influence was, I forget who it was like, something slides, Jimmy slides or something. He's like a tap dancer. I forget the name. But anyway, he has involves a lot of these different slides, things within his tap dancing. And if he never said that, I never would have made that connection. But after hearing that, it's like, oh, that's super, it's just super interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always interested in like where, what, where people's influence come from or, or, or your just sort of like process and that kind of thing, how you go about creating, if you even have a plan when you create that kind of thing. Yeah. I have tried to articulate like a creative process before, but I don't have much luck. Oh. Uh, other than, yeah, I can, I think I have inspirations that wouldn't really surprise most people just like nerd anime and games, well, I'm uh, curious. Mar like, martial arts. Um, what anime, what games? Uh, yeah, I get like Dragon Ball was, was a big one. Yeah. Um, what aspects like, of Dragon a lot of the Gundam Ball? stuff? early on was it certain uh, characters from dragon ball or uh no i wouldn't say so just the like the stances and the martial arts and like the energy oh, yeah. stuff <laughs> um it's, the stuff being a little over the top i think as, as being a general theme in anime like everything's exaggerated right right um and then and in games like especially fighting games things are very like snappy mm -hmm. i think that if there's one thing that i would say like aesthetically would be like how things kind of like slow down and speed up hmm. i know that's that's pretty vague sounding but like uh if you know makoto in street fighter yeah she like she charges her like punch and then it's just and it's just yeah, super yeah. like just stuff like that is it really like pleases me yeah yeah um 
but her walking animation is so slow and like methodical mm-hmm. and she's got that dash punch which is so crazy yeah uh i was really inspired by the it man movie like the first one yeah that came out i think i i like if nothing else my like top rock changed a lot there's a lot of like you know oh like the hand styles yeah yeah thing, like, the, like mostly the upper yeah wing upper body sort of stuff. um yeah <laughs> yeah create like i think a lot of it there's there's some like crash to create that i would do just kind of move around and throw things and like see what happens mm-hmm. um earlier on yeah there was a lot of like try something that someone on one of the videos would do and like usually that wouldn't work but because it's i just wouldn't figure out how to execute it but then like something else similar might emerge mm-hmm. um so i think i got away with a lot of like sort of biting but like trying the thing but the thing not working but like having something like it's just a starting point yeah um but that that kind of thing is kind of common i think that especially when you're starting out you see something but uh well, it's a little bit different because now there's like a record of everything, but mm-hmm. it used to be, but let's say you go to an event and you see this person and you're like, whoa, what did they do? That was crazy. I really like that. And you go home and you try it, but you can't remember it perfectly. Mm-hmm. So you remember this like broken, incomplete version, but that becomes something interesting, potentially. Mm-hmm. Like I heard that's how the like wiggles like um, back knee, knee glide or whatever that he does, like back in the knee moonwalk. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yeah. But he's like saw something that Popping Pete did that was similar, but he had an incomplete memory of it and it evolved into that that movement, which was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Creativity, I mean that's another thing. Like I think some some people would say, like just if you just learn the basics and like learn the rules, and then you can just start to break rules and that's how creativity happens. Mm. Like some I, I think some theories about it not just for breaking but like in general are actually that just the more possible things like creativity isn't actually like just pulling something out of nowhere it is yeah. actually yeah some people think that it's always a product of like existing ideas that you have mm-hmm. or like existing knowledge of what's possible and then just kind of spinning it up into something new I definitely think that too. Um, it's always being drawn from something, but that doesn't mean that you can't make something new. Like, yeah, but then I think Crash to Create is the exception to that rule, because I feel like. But that's still drawing on your own experiences and what you know and that mm-hmm. kind of thing and what you've been exposed to, right? So mm-hmm. you're still, like, if you, it depends like how deep you want to look at it. <laughs> yeah, I I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just the other week I was practicing with Kyle and he like tried the reverse halo, but then his elbow just got stuck basically. And then it kind of caused him to like twist over. Yeah. And I was like, that was cool. Do it again. But yeah, like, yeah. it wasn't like that was his intention or that he was right, any, right. anywhere trying to do that. Right. Right. Um, I see what you mean. So that's, but that's specific to like physical things, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Trying, <laughs> well, there's a lot of things that got invented through accidents or yeah. through mistakes or whatever. And I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's definitely a good way to like, you can, you can have like when you're creating stuff, there's that fine line of like, yeah, I want to, 
I like this idea and so I want to explore around it but then there's also sometimes you just like gotta just move and, and do stuff and like one one idea that I'm sure I'm not the first person to think of this but sometimes as people think like oh yeah creativity and like and ideas like uh you know some people are just like gifted and they 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 just get it and like yeah maybe some people get to things quicker than others but i still think a lot of times it's more about like um volume like number of ideas and how well you can iterate on those ideas and like yeah having a sense of like picking and choosing mm -hmm. oh this is something worth pursuing but like a lot of times i think of it as like you've got to you've got to like run through all these different ideas and propose a bunch of ideas to yourself Mm -hmm. and and it's not necessarily like you're super creative you just run through a bunch of possibilities and you've explored yeah. a lot of different options and then you can pick and choose i agree yeah um there's definitely some movements that uh i think were just like brute force like <laughs> like i think i can do that movement like it, it's a or it's a thing movement i've already done but i think i can like keep doing it enough that it will become smoother and huh. like like polishing a turd as they say <laughs> like i'm just gonna whatever movement this is like if you do it enough it'll become smooth yeah. and and you can flow into it and out of it and true and now it's a move and it, <laughs> even though it wasn't yeah. before well that that that's getting into like a whole other discussion of like it doesn't matter what you do it's like how you do it mm -hmm. that kind of mm -hmm. thing how you present it presenting stuff is really big too um one but, thing yeah go ahead yeah well related to like having to choose something to focus on because like all these new ideas you don't really know for sure if they're going to pan out mm -hmm. um back when i had a studio in my house in saskatoon in the, in the we had like a decent spot in the basement i consumed more marijuana back then than i do now <laughs> and uh hey, sometimes that stuff helps would uh, now not so much I don't, I don't find but um back then i would like because i i think it's a controlled environment so there's no like paranoia or anything hmm. and also what's key is that i would record it hmm. because we would do enough that we couldn't really remember what we had done yeah but but that that really like makes you just like do the dumbest move over and over again like hoping it's going to work out and like sometimes it did and and yeah you would i think that's a thing that that we can see in other people that like do pot is is like they'll think something is really interesting that's not yeah <laughs> well you just get but, like focused on something for whatever reason right mm -hmm. like you'll think something that you or someone else is saying is more profound than it really is yeah <laughs> but what's good about that is that if you're if you're at practice and you like do a move that's like kind of eh, like you'll you'll still give it some time and attention to like maybe yeah. flesh it out yeah yeah well i think you know just learning more about um like design these days in general and just like there's a there's another good book too about like uh it's about creativity it's written by this guy's name is impossible it's mikhail mikhail chickman chickman sick i forget his name but he's the guy that kind of came up with the concept of like flow mm. that idea 
and in, in psychology and stuff like that. So he has a book about creativity, which was really interesting. And that's where like, you know, some of these ideas of just like, uh, amount of ideas from different sources outside mm -hmm. of your domain, or it's like creativity is where two different domains start to like blend together and then create mm -hmm. something new. Yeah. But it's, it's, a uh, it's a really complex thing. That's hard to put into words, I think. And yeah, I appreciate you trying to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I liked about Oro, especially in our first thing that I, that I participated in with you guys was like, there was a, a willingness to like flesh those things out. Like there's no mm -hmm. bad ideas. Yeah. Like, let's try this thing and, and like give it an, a really honest effort. Like even if something seemed yeah, like a waste of time, mm -hmm. like it would, it would get full credit until yeah. you were sure that like you would you would stretch it every which way and, and like yeah. not uh not find anything in there i think that's that's something for people who are like interested in this kind of thing to look into is like really look into like the design thinking process of you know exploring you explore a certain area and you research what's already been done you look at what's good what's bad what where things could improve and then you come up, you just start brainstorming. That's what we would do a lot of times is you come up with all as many ideas as you can and you no idea is stupid. And then you come back together and you, you kind of pitch these ideas and you kind of pick and choose like, oh, okay, well, that, that seems interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe like there's something there, but people got to have an open mind and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah. And it's a whole I, process I, too. I think you and I are probably like what, what's, and maybe that's more of a fighting game term, but lab monsters, maybe like people who, but I don't know. I mean, you perform really well at a lot of stuff. So I'm not saying you don't, but like, yeah, it's fun to just like sit alone and like make stuff up and yeah. like see where it goes. Yeah. I mean, like, I think maybe we just like thinking about these things, <laughs> like thinking deeply and, and trying to like break mm -hmm. it down what's going on or whatever. Yeah. I guess I was making the point that like, or I was about to say, when you enjoy creating stuff that much and just like having a, a breadth of material, um, the challenge is like deciding what you're going to use if you need to perform and you, you're going to battle somebody for two rounds and now yeah, everything collapses and it's like, okay, I like this one move, but I actually haven't practiced it that much because I spend my time just like going through all this stuff. Um, so I've encountered that a few times, like execution errors have always been a problem for me. Um, but then I like when people will practice with me or like are at an event where there's ciphers and stuff, like I do get the feedback, like you have a lot of material. Yeah. You have a yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah. Which I'm like, yeah, yeah. I like to make stuff, but I think it's a lot of like, none of them are like bangers is, it has always been my like self-criticism is like, I don't know about that. I don't know if I could like blow the roof off the place reliably. That's always the, the challenge for me, but I yeah. think I, you know, if I had the stamina, which I don't, but if I did to battle people like 20 rounds, you know, I think I would be able to like have yeah. new stuff. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, I think like, this is just my opinion, but you know, there's certain, certain people have certain styles that like, 
you're not necessarily one of the people that's like uh, oh you got to know exactly about breaking and all the intricate details to really get his his style mm. but like you do have one of those styles this is my opinion like you do have one of those styles that if you don't really completely know what you're looking at you're going to miss a lot of cool interesting details mm. um but i think like you know your your style had that sort of blend of this abstract kind of movements and and like you said it has it has these uh these like fast and slow these like ramps up in speed and things like that that do make it dynamic without it being say like a backflip kind of dynamic or a mm. or a quadruple air flare dynamic it's like a different kind of dynamic but if people aren't necessarily used to that thing it's like it might go over some people's heads yeah that's always a consideration and i'm i'm not like someone who uh like i don't care i break for the love of the game and i don't care what anyone thinks um because there's yeah there's such a thing to me as going too far in that direction yeah of uh like oh you just don't get it like if you're not seeing how i like I like yeah. cross my fingers like this when I did this one move. Like, <laughs> you know, the B boys are going to see that and they're going to think it's like a five star move. <laughs> but like the mom at the at, you know at the festival isn't going to catch it. But I don't care what she thinks. Like that's yeah. no, that's silly. Like I think you have to. There's definitely stuff that I don't do. I've been like, there's no way people are going to catch this enough. Like I'm not just going to do it because I know it was there. Like I secretly snuck in a move just for me <laughs> but that stuff i mean yeah there's uh my friend who doesn't break but who knows about breaking said i'm a b-boy's b-boy once <laughs> you can see that uh and i've heard in, in ufc i think i've heard people have been called like a fighter's fighter well, was like uh, norm mcdonald like was the comedian's comedian right yeah so you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah um but yeah, I, I don't want to go too far in that direction because like, like this stuff is fun and it, like it has broad appeal. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you can do stuff that that's consumable to the average person. Yeah. That is also like stylish and creative. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you have to choose necessarily. Yeah, well, it's, it's all it's all a balance, right? Yeah. Like you said you can you can go too far and that's like anything you can go you can go too far with uh with anything not just breaking related but literally anything in life technology is great but you have too much of it it's, it's not good mm -hmm. you don't have enough of it man you're you're like taking a crap on the <laughs> on the street or something <laughs> right I don't know. That was a weird example, but yeah, yeah. What is art, even? Is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? There you go. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's maybe a good spot to finish. Is taking a dump on the street and it's art. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Braden, really, really appreciate you taking the time to just yeah share a bit of your your history and uh, your just perspectives on stuff. And it was good to just kind of chat and, and, and talk about these, these things with someone. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Thank Hopefully you. people enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm, I'm 
glad you reached out. I haven't like had a good conversation like this in a while. Most of my life now, like I practice semi consistently, but most of my life is not breaking right now. So yeah, yeah, uh, that's exciting. But yeah, I'm glad you're still doing it. I mean, it's been a while now, and I, I I'm subscribed to you on YouTube, and I see that's pretty consistent. So yeah, well, it was a little. I had a little break from doing the podcast, but I have some some extra time again. So I'm trying to put in mm. put in the hours and and just. What get time stuff is it there in. now? Uh, it's about like two p.m. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought it was going to be worse. That's not no, so bad. No, no, no. <laughs> It's right. And I'm man, I'm excited that you're in Japan. That's very cool that you just did that. Like, yeah. well, that's it's been an experience. And there's a lot of ups and downs and things that I learned. But uh, you know, it's it's like you said, coming bring will bring this full circle. That uh, getting outside of your your what you know and going to experience new things and getting different perspectives is is always really helpful. Mm. Yeah, even if what you want is maybe maybe back where you where you come from or whatever uh or if you like the thing that you went and saw like it just gives you new perspectives right mm -hmm. it's always useful Agreed. um but yeah thanks uh thanks Braden. thanks everyone who listened and watched hope it was fun and uh we'll see you in the next one all right peace peace out Thanks everybody for listening and I really hope you enjoyed the talk. If you like what you heard, please feel free to check out some of the older episodes and help spread the word about the podcast. If you really want to go that extra mile, please consider supporting on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash razzyf2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Even as little as a dollar goes a long way and it means a lot to have your support. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.